Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. I am Nate, and I talk a lot, I guess. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you found it, but if in doubt, go with iTunes. Even more awesome, you could tell your friends about us. Okay? Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes are tipped off that House Farathi is getting increasingly dangerous, and big things are afoot. As you're packing up your stuff, a note falls out of your clothes. Oh, what does that say? The fairies are moving in. Get out now. Holy hell. You don't know how long it's been there. Sable tried to convince her mother figure, the matron Verathi, ancient druid of her house, that she should not be head of the Circle of the Moon. You know as well as I do that I am out of my element, and that this is dangerous. Dear, the Circle has 100% faith in your ability to lead. I'm just a kid. No, you're not. You're an adult. Jalen learned that Sable is in danger. Sable is fire. I don't know what that means. Do not play with fire. Fire because she's part of House Farathi? Our clients don't tell us their motives, but money has changed hands and consequences will be had. Well, hell. Locked away from fairy influence, the matron finally lays out the problems facing the house and makes it clear she's only going to live exactly long enough to stop them. And it's up to Sable to fix them. I was unwilling to go to war with House Mason. I would not put my family in war with House Mason. I would not put the Druid Circle into a war with House Mason. And so this is this is the only option. I abdicate, and she has too much leverage on the other members of the Circle. You're the only one she can't make do anything. The matron removed the curse on champion Riley, returning his humanity, but in doing so, she broke her pact with the Fairy Queen, aged decades, and was attacked and ultimately killed by Pixies. Our heroes made a running retreat into the rope trick space. To get back up into the space, and as it all settles down, Miev is sitting next to the matron and looks up and just sort of shakes her head. Let's get into it. I think it's very important that I demonstrate the possible consequences of Remove Curse before you reach the level where you can cast Remove Curse. <laughs> Probably does a lot to explain why she hasn't just done that for everyone in the kingdom. <laughs> you all are inside your extra dimensional space and the matron Varathi is lying motionless on the floor. She has multiple tiny cuts all over her face and hands and isn't moving and her eyes are closed. I was going over to her to try and cast Cure Light Wounds. When you get there, there is nothing to cure. I put my head down, and I just look at the floor. I think Sylpha moves in to put a hand on Sable's shoulder. Jalen's going to keep an eye on the ground, because we're not, like, closed in here now, are we? Well, we can be. That's up to y'all. She knew this was going to happen to her for doing this? Did she just start a war? No. Are you sure? Yes. Because that looked like picking a hell of a fight to me. Right, so I really want to say something really snippy and awful. And I am a teenage girl. So you're going to do and it. And I'm hurting. Well, maybe you shouldn't be talking about things that you don't know anything about yet. Yeah, Jalen's going to do a nervous smile. And it's more of a grimace. She's going to give you angry eyes. Miev will sort of stand up um, very slowly and then say, Everyone did well. Everyone did very well. What does this mean, Lady Miev? It means the matron very purposefully 
broke her pact with the Fairy Queen, and the Fairy Queen was ready, and her soldiers took action immediately. Out of character, did we know she had a pact with the Fairy Queen, or was that all rumor? I don't even think that that made rumor. Okay. I think Sable's the only one who knew about that. What deal with the Fairy Queen? The hell are you talking about? I don't think right now is the time. No, I think now's a great time. We're in a safe place, right? They can't and get I in here? And I think that my matron is dead. Yeah, she picked that fight. Ladies, think... ladies, ladies, please. This is not a time to fight. No, it's not. She made a sacrifice, but I want to understand why. Listen, in this kingdom, there are many people who have deals with the Fairy Queen. It is a way to stay safe. It is a way to gain power. And it is a way to become a slave. She chose that then, and she chose this now, and we are going to honor that choice. As for what you are going to do when those choices are presented to you, I leave that to you. But I think what Matron Verathi would want for everyone in this room is freedom from the kind of situation she ended up in. Lady Mayev, if you would be so kind, I would borrow a servant to send home so that we can get the matron back. Absolutely. Lady Mayev, can Sable stay here with you tonight? Absolutely. Hey, Sable, I know you don't want to talk to me. I'm not mad. There is a target on your back. There's a lot more than that. Just let me make the arrangements first. I haven't even had a chance to talk to you. And with that, I'm going to drop down the rope. I'm going to find a servant. Deep. And send them fast. I'll pay them to go fast to get home and let them know that the matron is gone and that we need arrangements to get her home. Back up in the in the room, Carolina is just hugging Riley's arm, and Riley is standing there basically in a makeshift loincloth, looking super awkward and really confused. Lady Miev stands is still standing and says, um, I have a spell to get us all down. And I would like us to go down. Is that okay? Yes. And she will call up a disc and gesture for someone to help her with the matron. Is the disc visible? Yeah, it's like a, a bluish, translucent disc of almost light. Jalen's going to like put a toe on it. Oh, it's super solid. Okay. She, she's pretty iffy about magic. So she'll pretty much load the matron and herself onto the disc. Mm -hmm. And it can probably handle two more. Can we have a word, Sylpha? I'll wait for you at the bottom. Thank you, lady. Carolina hops on and she nods at Riley. And Riley shoves the disc out the hole and it slowly lowers to the ground. And then Riley grabs the rope and says, uh, this looks like a really bad time, but I'm going to need someone to explain this to me. And I'll see you guys on the ground. It's good to have you back, champion Riley. Yeah, um, it's good to be back. I feel strange and my, my tongue is different. Don't try to eat bugs. Yeah, okay. And he slides down the rope. Three, four different people have told me to stay away from Sable. Why? Because there's a target on her back. Because of her connection to the Lady Varathi? Or... I don't know the details, but like money has changed hands is the way it was put to me. Well, that's awful. Then, then this is the way it begins. Mm-hmm. People trying to put wedges between us when we all want the same thing. We want to be free. I don't want to put this on you, but I think you might be in a better position to stay close to her than I am. I can try to get some information, but I can't really openly hang out with her. I understand, but I want you to tell Sable. I want you to apologize to Sable. And I want you to tell her that you're not avoiding her because you're angry. Okay. 
Just tell her we all knew this day would come, that people would try to put wedges to- I'll figure out what to say. I know you don't like Isaac. He's got all the same warding rune magic thingies on his door. There's some kind of abjuration magic, which, to be honest, I, I always found abjuration to be kind of practical, but rather boring. So I guess I should study more. The other thing is, he and I kind of have an understanding. I asked him to promise not to spy on us. And after today, I'm beginning to wonder if maybe we should be okay with him spying on us. I just... I know. I want to know why he was spying on us. It's not that I don't like Isaac. You can say it. The way he put it was that if I put a stop to him spying on us, he can't protect us. And I do believe him to a certain extent. I think what he meant is by not spying on us, he can't protect you. Okay, but I care about the two of you, so, you know, favors are favors. I mean, if Isaac cares about you and told you not to hang out with one of your best friends... I don't think it's because he doesn't like Sable. Okay, I'm going to go say I'm sorry, and then I should probably wait for Laurel and get home before he sees me around her. So back on the ground, Mm -hmm. Lady Miev, with her disc, walks around to the front of the house, lowers the disc to the ground, and then walks over to you, Sable. She reaches her hands out to grab your gloved hands, and then she kneels and says, It's time to fulfill my end of this agreement. I hereby swear allegiance to House Varathi, to the Circle of the Moon, and I withdraw myself from the marriage contract negotiations. I will bring the news to the house. Please let me know if I can be of service. I I will. And she stands up and walks into the house. And I sit on a stair next to the body. Jalen will shimmy down the rope and um, come sit next to Sable and say, I'm sorry. I don't know what went on in that room between you two. I don't know what's going on here. I'm sorry she's gone, but you're still alive, and I'd like you to stay that way, and you're in a lot of trouble. Sable is very careful to make sure that her cheek and her hair and everything is covered by cloth. Mm -hmm. And then when she is sure of it, she leans over and puts her head on your shoulder. And you should know that my family doesn't want me to come near you, probably because you're in danger, and I have to avoid being publicly seen with you for a while, and it's not because I want to abandon you. But I'm going to try to find out some things, and Sylpha's going to stay near you, okay? Uh, She closes her eyes and puts a hand up like this. Her left cheek and her left side of her head is resting on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. She takes a gloved hand and puts it there, and when she lifts up, From the shoulder, you can see that she was crying Mm -hmm. and literally catching the tears to keep them from touching you. Mm -hmm. And she wipes them away and kind of curls her hand up close to her. Mm -hmm. And she says, you have to do what you have to do. Okay, I'll be in touch when I can. We have a lot to talk about. We sure do. I know you can see magic-y things. If you suspect Isaac is around, don't overreact, please. She nods. Okay. And then you leave. Uh, she's going to head down the road and meet Laurel. Okay. Because she'd like to meet him before he sees her with Sable. Yeah, hollow-eyed, I'm just going to watch you go. So when you get about to the edge of the property, you see Vincent from the Thieves' Guild. Does he look different, like in the daylight? No, he's still a pretty ratty-looking dude. Hi. 
Hello, Jalen. What you doing? Working. Anything in particular? <laughs> well, you know the rules. No special treatment. So, no, nothing in particular. Um, the hell does she do? Stab him with silver and see if that works. <laughs> no. Do you have the silver on me and he can probably sense it. Um, does he seem uneasy? Or is he, like, giving me any kind of side eye? You suspect if he's working, why would he be out in the open by the side of the road? Well, something's off about the situation. Mm-hmm. But he, he doesn't seem uncomfortable in any way, shape, or form. He wouldn't, though. Mm-hmm. I just remembered I forgot something. Go ahead and roll deception. She's not really trying hard to deceive here. <laughs> and the dice, no. Dice, no. Six. Six. He says, Jalen, I understand you're conflicted. I understand your situation. And I appreciate the loyalty you have for your friends. This is not personal in any way. And you are really going to have to get over that long term if you're going to fill your uncle's role. Your uncle's role of being stuck in a kingdom surrounded by thorns. Uh, I don't think there's anything she can do. You have a good day, Vincent. May it be full of deeds you don't need to be ashamed of. Heydays are good days. This day's going to be a little bit rough. God. I know, this sucks. Well, I mean, like, she's sort of thinking, like, I warned her. <laughs> yes, you did. I warned Silpha. Lady Miev knows. Yep. I don't think I can do anything else, <laughs> like, except go back and openly you can't. pick a fight with the Thieves' Guild after... Don't do that. All right. She's going to walk on, and she's... She's she's probably fli- she's flickery. Yeah. <laughs> she's pretty flickery. Vincent looks, like, proud of you. I don't... That doesn't make me feel... <laughs> Someone like Vincent is proud of me. We. (laughs) The rat approves. The sense of accomplishment is so high. So she she's gonna wait to tear up until she's got her back to well, actually I should probably roll for that. Yeah, you might wanna what I have to get Deception. Uh let's go with a let's just go with a ten to, you know, keep it keep it together. Thirteen. Okay, yeah. You're a tough lady. Only on the outside. All right, so she's going to tear up as she's walking away, but he's not going to see it. He probably knows, but... He doesn't seem to give you much mind after you get far away. So, you run into Champion Laurel pretty soon after that. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> you see him from a ways away as he's walking up the road. Mm-hmm. So you have time to, like, comport yourself before he gets there. But he comes up and says, hey. Hi. How'd your business go? It went. Yeah. Well, you were right about Jessica. She is silvering all of her weapons for some reason. That should go well for her. Well. Meanwhile, back at the house. I'm sitting on the front porch still with the body, looking pretty hollow-eyed at this point. Uh, Silpha will come and sit beside Sable for a while and just kind of wordlessly be supportive. And I will definitely take that in, lean toward you a little bit, and eventually she'll manage to say, I desperately need to speak to you both. Well, I'm here now. I can't talk here. This isn't... I like what you did earlier. That was impressive. We can do that again. It's generally safe. It creates a space outside of this place. And as long as nothing from the outside gets in, it's secure. That would be a good place for conversation. Well, let me know when you want it, and I can do it again. So you hear coming from the house some 
isn't it's not quite arguing, but it, it's there's some stern words being exchanged. You can hear Riley's voice, which you now recognize minus his lisp, and Lady Miev are exchanging stern words. And then Lady Miev's voice gets closer, and she comes out the front door and says, Silpha. Yes, my lady. Sable, I'm having a, a wagon brought around. I just nod. And you go into the study, where Riley has found close. Carolina is sitting with him, holding his hand, and Miev says, turns around and says, So, Riley, what happened? And he says, Well, I made the agreement, just as you said. I vowed that I would give no aid to an enemy of the Fairy Queen in exchange. She rendered me immune to thorns, and so I walked into the thorns, and I met a woman by a willow tree who had shifters, just dozens of them, like tame ones, just lying around the tree. And I, I chatted with her a little bit, and, and she it was a pleasant conversation. I, I picked up uh, her, her basket to help her carry it in, and, and then I don't remember anything. Perhaps you unwittingly aided an enemy of the Fairy Queen. Perhaps I did. I don't know what happened, though. And perhaps, perhaps all of the thorns poison simply affected me then, rather than when I was touching the thorns to get there. But she did have one of the objects. She had a, a stone crown. And, and I have that. Silpha will reach into her bag and bring out the crown. Yes, that's it. That's the one. And Miev says, thank you. And she holds her hands out to take it from you. Silpha will withhold it a little bit and say, it's an artifact of mason construction, like I said. Yes, well, the masons are, I mean, they've built most things of stone in this kingdom for almost a thousand years. She's still holding her hands out. Lady Miev, you'd asked how we were able to persuade the Lady Mason to decode the book for you. Yes, I, I think I remember that. I can't tell you the nature of what I learned without endangering my life and the life of all my friends. Well, then you shouldn't tell me what you learned. But why aren't you giving me the crown? Just know there's something wrong about Mason magic. She'll put forth the crown. She seems a lot less eager to take it all of a sudden, but <laughs> she she does get a hand on it and kind of gently lift it away from you and sets it down on the desk and she'll cast a spell that you recognize as detect magic and look it over and then say, this is some kind of key, Silpha, not a magic one. We don't know quite how it works, but it's one of several. And once the book is fully translated, I think we can find the rest of them. And Lady Miev, I, I wrote detailed report for you. Thank you. Your loyalty has been truly impressive, Silpha, and I feel like I, I owe you something special, and I will prepare it for you. I'll have it delivered to your house. Thank you, my lady. They bring the wagon? They bring a wagon. They, and they're going to have somebody drive the wagon? Yep. Okay. How long can I stay a wolf? Three hours. How far is it to Varathi's house? Two and a half. So a wolf is going to escort the body home. Okie dokie. I'll ride in the wagon with her. Hmm. <laughs> what does that mean? All right. Hold on. Nice. Dice have to be he rolled. He wasn't expecting that. <laughs> hey, that's a surefire disguise. We just got to figure out how to... Jalen asked Lady Miav to have Sable stay the night. She did. But Sable doesn't necessarily listen to that. Sable seems to have decided that that's not how it's going to go down. She's going to try a, she's gonna try a wolf disguise. So I guess I'm going to roll... A history check for our villains to see if they know that Sable can turn into animals. Probably not. So I think... No, that I'm like 
sniff in the air and yeah. check in to see if I can smell anyone I know on the way. See if you can smell a rat. Yeah. You definitely catch the smell of rodents, and it, it becomes incredibly intense at one particular corner. And the servants are sort of rolling along the carts, and then the, the cart sort of starts to roll to a stop, and you see a couple of men in kind of heavy cloaks step out of the thorns and start walking towards the cart, and the, the servant... A wolf jumps up the back of the cart and starts to growl at those guys. The servant does kind of like a panic, like, what the what? the what? And they just, they wave and say, have you seen Sable Mirkwood nearby? And the servant looks back into the cart, looks at them, looks around, and then says, no. Oh, he's a terrible liar. This sort of ratty looking man says, yeah, I don't believe you at all. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you one more chance at that. Have you seen Sable Mirkwood around? And he says, "Yeah, yeah, she's um, she's back. She was. I saw her back at the at House Miev." The Rat Man kind of tilts his head and says, "And he says, uh, Matron Varathy is dead." And that stops the Rat Man and his thug buddy in their tracks, and they go, "Oh, oh!" And they look at each other, and they look around. And they look at each other. And then the, the rat man turns and says, what's in the cart? And he says, uh, body. And they, they continue to kind of ignore the wolf. But one of them like goes, really? Like matron Varathy's. And he kind of like stands up on his tiptoes and like gazes over the edge of the cart and goes, well, shit. Yeah, you didn't see us. And he hands him two silver pieces and says, get the hell out of here. Also, your dog looks mangy. Gets a growl. <laughs> I want to memorize that smell. I also want to memorize as much of the face as I can. I would like you to give me a deception roll. You have advantage because you are physically a wolf, but uh, let's see if he... Charisma, so that's a 19. Uh, 19 is sufficient, so you seem like a regular enough wolf that he does not get another roll to figure out if you're a druid, so away he Apparently there go. are some regular old wolves out here. Yeah, I mean... Or mangy dogs. Or mangy dogs, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, he's pretty surprised that you're not a horrible mutation, but hey, whatevs. Yeah. He's not, uh, he's not, nature isn't his thing. Yeah. He lives in a sewer. So, Silpha, you were left behind at Lady Miev's. What's your plan? My plan would be to ask Lady Miev if there's anything I can assist her with on her estate. I would ask of her a couple hours with a book from her collection on abjuration and probably busily transcribe a, a protection from, in this case, fey spell into my spell book. Okay. She will let you take one with you. You get a spell book on abjuration. It absolutely has magic circle against uh, evil, I believe is the name of the spell. But in this instance, it'll be called magic circle against the other. Uh, and you can take it with you. Because I think it'll actually take some time to transcribe it. Miev and Riley and Carolina sit down in the study to basically have some tea and start talking shop. I would also ask Lady Miev, Lady Miev, with with the events that transpired here today, of course the gossip network will keep will catch wind of it. What would you have me tell people happened here today? Let's go with nothing. Don't tell them anything. Don't volunteer any information. If you have to say something, say 
It was very eventful, and you recommend no one repeat it. I understand. And we'll just see what the rumor mill becomes. We can make a decision then. If you don't need anything else, Silpha, uh, you know where the door is. Uh, Tess can show you out. So Silpha will take her leave then and head back home. As you're leaving, Riley will lean in and say, So you're going to explain all of this to me from the beginning, right? And you'll hear me say, Of course, and I won't leave anything out. And he says, Yeah, right. And then the door closes. Hmm. All right. Are you headed home? Yes, I, I head home. There are three men on the road basically milling about. They don't appear to be going anywhere or doing anything. I take notice of them, but if they don't engage with me, I will pay them no mind. When you get close to them, they have kind of rat-like facial features. Very sort of small pinkish noses and drawn faces. And one of them will look at you and say... Uh, hey, you. You're Silpha, right? I am. Where's uh, Where's Sable? I last saw Sable at the Miev estate, but she did not tell me where she was going when we parted ways. Yeah? The three of them kind of look at each other. Is she still there? No, she she left ahead of me. Oh. She left ahead of me some time ago. Why? Uh, well, we got we got business with Sable that we need to take care of. You understand. With an insight roll of 12, I'm not sure Silpha knows what business. You don't think it's good. Yeah, they look sketchy, right? Yeah, I mean, you get a good look at them. They're edgy, jittery, twitchy, armed. Well, if you let it be known you have business with Sable and she's interested, I'm sure she'll seek you out. Yeah, okay, we might do that. One of the rat guys in the back kind of leans over to the other rat guy and they whisper a little bit. I'm going to try to perceive what they were whispering about. I don't. Okay, can't hear him. It's a little windy. One of the other rat guys makes a clear, like, shut up, no, gesture. And then the three of them step off the road, let you go by. I have every intention of telling Sable and Jalen that fringe element rat dudes were looking for her. So, Sable. Yes. You get home. Okay. There are eight people waiting at the front gate. Okay, what are they? Are they people that I know? Uh, yeah, it is the inner circle of the, of the Circle of the Moon, and Lorelei and three house guards. We're taking the cart straight up to the door then? I mean, unless you transform out of the wolf, then the guy takes the cart right up to them. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, just jump out as the big wolf that I am once we get to the front door. So yeah, as you get to the front door, really the front gate, Yeah, they're kind of standing on tiptoes to see maybe into the cart and the wolf jumps down Mm -hmm. and the servant says, I have bad news, Uh, the worst news. And everyone's kind of head looks down at their feet and then Lorelai looks into the back of the cart and then looks at the wolf and says, Sable, what did you do? Sable's going to turn around and go through the gate towards the house. Okay. Well, I'm going to see if I can't catch Helena's eye, but I'm not answering out here in front of the gate, in front of everybody. Certainly not as a wolf. So, well, definitely not. I'm not going to change out here. I'm going up to the house. 
So as you head towards the house, Helena starts to follow, and then the four other members of the Circle of the Moon will also fall in line and start following, and that leaves Lorelai and the three guards by the cart. Okay. I'm not going to change from a wolf into a human in front of this servant. So I got to get out of eyesight. That's not a problem. Okay. And then I'm going to be with the people from the circle? Yep. Helena will say... She warned us that this might happen before she left. I assumed that seeing you all at the gate. We need to have a conversation, um, all of us. Well, then I should let you know what transpired. You don't have any anything that would stop you from telling us what transpired? No. They look at each other, and they nod. Well then, having you in charge was the right choice. How about we go to the spot? Right now? Yes. I'll meet you there in... A short time. And they nod, and they all split up. Well, first, to write out what is a fairly hasty note to Lady Miev. She'll sit there and write something and scrump it up and write something and scrump it up and eventually write out, Thank you for your kindness. I do not know what arrangements will be, but when they are made, seek me out. I have a question, and I'm going to give that to the servant, make sure it gets back to Lady Miev's servant to take to her. Okay. And then I'll go out. All right. You are going to be the third person to arrive then. Okay. We have not introduced the Circle of the Moon formally yet. Uh, They've kind of been like background noise almost. I will go ahead and give you what you know about them. So there was four generations in the Circle of the Moon. The only one left of the first generation was, of course, the matron. And she is gone. So next on the list is Patricia and Hester. Patricia is a cousin, and Hester is the daughter of Lady Verathi. The two of them are in their 50s. Okay. You also have Gretchen, Ophelia, and Helena, and they're the generation ahead of you. Ophelia is Edgar's daughter, and Gretchen is Amon's daughter. You haven't really, you probably know Amon pretty well. He was sort of the black sheep of the family. He was never married. He has. A boatload of children. Okay. And then Helena All from is... very different people. And then Helena's a cousin. I mean, Helena's champion Helena. Yeah. She's, she's a, a cousin. She's a cousin. And they're in their what? They're all in their 30s. And then me. And then you were the first of the newest generation. Oh, goodness. So they all enter into the circle. And I think Helena starts the conversation. And she says, a number of people here have agreements. And those agreements bar them from speaking. Patricia and Hester pretty much can't say anything. And Patricia and Hester both nod. And Ophelia will step in and say, There was a time, just before I joined the circle, where there was a little bit of an arms race with agreements. I believe someone thought at the time that whoever had the most agreements would be the head of the Circle of the Moon. And as a result, there's a generation of members that are bound to silence on all matters related to you-know-who. Were your agreements made here in the Circle? They were. All right. What can you tell me? Helena will say, I can tell you that the matron knew this was a possibility, and she didn't leave us with much of a contingency plan. It seems she fully intended to have Lord Mentor choose the next generation. 
And that means there are three primary uh, contenders from House of Arathi that Lord Mentor could choose from. We think you should put your name in. My name? Yes. We think you should put your name in. It's stating the obvious, but I'm not her daughter. They all look at each other, and then they all kind of shake their heads one at a time. Finally, Helena says, I guess you'll have to ask the tree about that. This was the conversation you wanted to have as a circle? Yes. We do not believe it is wise to break the connection between House of Arathi and the circle. For decades, the head of House of Arathi has been the head of the circle. We now have a new head of the circle, and we should make the head of the circle the new head of House of Arathi. We are in agreement. And you can look around and see all of the other druids nod. The... Apparently, when the matron took over, the circle was more um, a school, if you will. It just trained new druids. It had no political power. She made it an instrument. People fear us, and they respect that power. We don't want to lose that. So your goal is a circle. Your desire is to keep the power that we have now. Yeah. Yes, that is that is it. And Patricia will lean in and say, as the oldest member, I saw a lot of that transformation, and I believe it would be in your best interest to make some agreements to solidify our power with the Queen and to put your name forward as an heir with Lord Mentor. It is entirely possible that through some agreements you might be able to handle that problem you have. So does everyone here know what happened to the matron? Fairy assassins, we assume? Um, was it trolls? No, there Panthers? was... Panthers? No. It wasn't, it wasn't an Eldrin army of fairy men, was it? Mm, if fairy men are small creatures that fly in the air... Pixies. There's fairy lore that I clearly need to learn. As the head of the Circle of the Moon, you'll have lots of opportunity to meet them individually. Do you know why she did what she did? No. The matron always has a plan, though. Even in death, I'm sure she got a number of political capitulations from her actions. The absolute most direct output of what she did is that she is dead. And... Riley is cured. Certainly a death sentence. I assume it's a death sentence for anyone here. Helena will say, maybe not for anyone, but fairies do know when agreements are broken. And if even small agreements are threatened, they often are aware. There may be someone capable of that level of magic without fairy support, but not in, not in this family or any family that I know of. I would speak with Helena. Hester will stand up and say, I will see to Mother's affairs. Thank you. And Gretchen will kind of reach over and give your heavily clothed elbow a squeeze. And she'll lean in a little bit and say, I didn't let my kids join the circle. I think that was a wise decision. And they will all walk out, leaving Helena there. I will just flat out, out ask Helena, with all the agreements that everyone in the circle has, how much do you trust them? 
She looks down at her feet for a second, looks up at you, has this very frustrated look on her face. They are allies of the Fairy Queen first. Are you still my protector? Until you decide otherwise. Well, if what my friend Jalen says is correct, uh, I have a target on me. I will defend you whenever I can. Alert me when you leave, and I will happily come along. Do you know who's hunting you? No, no, I don't, and I don't know why. May I recommend a formal alliance with the Fairy Queen for yourself? One of the first agreements she insists upon, should you make one with her, is that you will be an ally and injure no other allies. If who's ever hunting you happens to have some agreements. I see. I don't know what arrangements are going to be made. I expect Lord Mentor to make that decision on arrangements. Okay. Can I just have some time? Yes. The mid-roll. It's the mid-roll. It's about rats. So I actually had pet rats growing up, and I have to say, as individual tame critters, they're actually pretty smart, clean, and even a little fluffy. So rats have a undeservingly bad reputation, though like all animals, wild ones aren't going to snuggle you, so avoid those. Rats have a caring social structure in the wild. They've been observed caring for the sick and wounded within their pack. Rats also have shown signs of depression and loneliness if they're left alone. When happy, rats make chattering noises that some have called laughter, and they're regularly observed making play noises well with other rats. They have social and peer pressure and have been observed in studies copying the behaviors of other rats in their group. Rats' teeth never stop growing, so they require chewing to keep them trimmed. Rats can breed about four months after they're born, and they can produce litters between six and ten pups. Rats vary in size, but they can go anywhere from the size of a large mouse to nearly nine pounds and 20 inches long. Rats don't live very long at all, with a lifespan in the wild of about 18 months. Lastly, they can spread disease. Rats were thought to be the main vector for spreading the bubonic plague in Europe, and have been tracked to spreading diseases in modern times also. The fleas that can infest wild rats are often how the disease moves from rat to human. Again, do not snuggle a wild rat. Alright, back to the show. Jalen? Well, first of all, she's going to put up her hood on this walk back so that nobody can see her. As you turn purple and yeah, then I green. I turn purple and red and <laughs> brown. And Is there a back way into the Evans house? She kind of doesn't want to run into anybody that she doesn't mean to run into. You can go in through the dojo. You might run into Kylan. No, she doesn't want to see Kylan yet. Yeah, all right. She'll go, she'll go in through the dojo. But she's... I mean, she's not like sneaking... Obviously, but she just sort of would rather not see anybody, so she would sort of try to do that a little bit. Okay. Kylan does not happen to be in the dojo. All right. She will go up 
to the bedroom corridor and she's going to knock on, uh, or she's not going to knock on Isaac's door. She's going to take a little piece of paper, write a note, and slip it under there saying, can we talk? There is no answer or noise that comes from your paper. Okay. Then she will abandon that and she will go back down to the dojo. Still empty? Yep. Okay. She's going to do something that at face value seems a little weird, but given the ability with her skin and the way that Kylan would train her through her whole growing up, it's not unusual for her to strip down naked to train, like okay. to blend and train that way. Like, And anybody who is doing anything in the dojo is used to that. Okay. Because Kylan would want her to understand the capacity of her ability and the limits of it and like... And he also would want her not to feel any kind of awkwardness about it. Like, just iron that right out of her. Okay. So she is going to go to... She's going to get, like, a wooden practice dummy. And she's going to drag it out to the middle of the floor. And then she's going to strip down. And she's going to go naked. And she's going to rage murder. <laughs> and then when her knuckles are bleeding, go to her room. <laughs> like, that's what she's going to do. Silva. Silpha has a few errands she needs to run in town, but the foremost thing on her mind really is arranging a meeting with Jalen and even more than that, attending to Sable. Like she understands that there are arrangements that will need to be made at the Verathi house, but she wants to be there for Sable. In town, I think, I'm like, hey, Papa? Yes, sweetie. What can I do for you? Could I... Can I have five gold? Um, well, that's a, a large amount, princess. <laughs> well, <laughs> princess. You know, the events that transpired at the funeral just got me thinking. If my friend Sable hadn't been there to heal me, I want to get a healing potion. Say no more, dear. Your mother will take you to the healers. Let me go get her. I, I don't need company. He hands you, like, a little baggie of money and says, um, I mean, in any trip to the healers, I think it would be wise if you take your mother rather than me. <laughs> Papa. <laughs> but I will take the, the bag of money and be like, you're the best. Smooches. And then, <laughs> and then just take off. Okay. Her mom has the chance to come. <laughs> oh my god. Silpha's the cutest daddy's girl ever. So I'll make my way to the apothecary for not only two healing potions, but some more components. And I imagine that I have a, a pretty good relationship with whoever runs the apothecary slash component shop. Sure. Yeah. Um. It's a it's a gnome. A gnome with fox ears named Thalia. Yes, yes. So Thalia will lean in over the counter as you're eyeing the healing potions. Uh, I will point out that the economy in Fenrir is very different than the economy in the player's handbook. So you can get healing potions for quite cheap. Otherwise, only seven people in the kingdom would be able to afford healing potions. So, see, I'm seeing a lot of sickness recently. Thought you might appreciate that little factoid. Wink. Sickness from? Oh, no, sickness, dear. Oh, sickness. But I'm not surprised you heard it as sickness. <laughs> <clears throat> Congratulations, by the way, on dodging 
an arrow with that one. Can I interest you in any of my patented pipe weed? <laughs> it's the good stuff. Oh, that's very generous. But you know, my parents are always telling me that it's people like Cygnus who are using the patented pipe weed and they should stay away. Mm. Well, in fairness, Cygnus is my best customer for a <laughs> lot of reasons. I thought the last time I was in, you said I was your best customer. Oh my dear, you're my favorite customer. Very different. Anyway, good news. I have made a new elixir. Top end antitoxin. Won't protect you from the thorns entirely. But it might give you a shot at just a little bit of um, casual contact. Ooh, color me interested. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I'm not going to let them go for just any price. They are quite expensive. Well, I would imagine so. If you can come up with four gold apiece, I will let them go for that price. Just for you. That's a special offer. Other people will be paying significantly more. Well, today I think I can I can manage one. And she will give you a vial of antitoxin. Yeah, Thalia will talk at length about where the best herbs are in the kingdom. And she braves the thorns to go get them. So that is why her stuff is sold at a premium price. Of like one one hundredth what it is in the player's handbook. Because otherwise she'd go bankrupt with only seven customers. Exactly. <laughs> we'll cut back to the grove. Okay, everybody left? Yeah, they're all gone. You're you're alone. Okay, great. I'm leaning on tree. Okay. Very likely crying at this point. So you hear Thorns kind of jostling. Right. In the direction that is deeper into the thorns. Okay, so that means I'm going to get up and get ready to possibly be attacked. Okay, so we'll wipe some tears off of your face with the back of your hand. And cast shillelagh on this, the club that I'm holding or whatever stick it was that I replaced. You can see the thorns sort of rattling, thorn bushes just shaking as yep. something is moving in them. And then it starts to circle, and you can see them shaking around the edge. And you hear trees say... He can't enter my space without my permission. Are you prepared to negotiate with the cat again? Right now? He's here, but you don't have to take him up on anything. He'll wait. Good. He can wait. Then I will not give him permission to enter. Thank you. Tree, I have a lot of questions... Of everyone in the circle, which one is the most beholden to the queen? Well, Patricia and Hester certainly have the most individual agreements, but Helena certainly has the most binding and deep-rooted of them all. Can you tell me what they are? I am limited in what I can say to a party that has not been privy to the original agreement. Well, then tell me what you can. What about Helena, though? What agreements does she have? Suffice to say, she owes the Fairy Queen everything. She can be a little bit more free with her speech than the others. But her life is forfeit if she were to choose to disobey. The circle hinted at 
my lineage that is mother and father. Well, I would ask you how much it would upset me, but you wouldn't know, would you? I'm afraid not. It is not my wish to cause you pain or upset. I just am. You may as well tell me. Today has been the worst day of my life. I don't suppose it's going to get even worse. Your father was called by all as Mirkwood. I never heard his first name. But Mirkwood was a short gentleman. He had good hair, I'm told. (laughs) Your mother was quite fond of him. She had sworn never to marry, and then she met Mirkwood. The matron was very displeased. Disowned her before the tree and sent her off to live with this Mirkwood. Sent her off where? I mean... Well, they've lived in the village for a time, I'm told. And then you came into the grove. They didn't want you to be a problem for the lineage, and so they changed your name. Sable Valeria Varathy. Well, then who is my mother? That would be Valeria Verathi. Have I ever heard that name before? No, you have not. She was disowned 18 years ago or so. She would have been the matron's first child. Was she a member of the circle? Oh, yes. Valeria was extremely powerful. Her agreements were fascinating. Unlike any other I've seen before. You'll have to tell me about them sometime. Uh, uh, But then she would have been Patricia's age. Correct, yes. At the time, I believe she was nearly 40. You know, I can't tell you about agreements in which you are not a party. But there is one agreement in which you are that I can tell you about. Yes. It is quite difficult to conceive at the age of 40. You're one of her agreements. Just to to be? She wished for a child of hers and Mirkwood's. She asked for one. In exchange, she was never allowed to work against the blessings of the Fairy Queen. Oh my god. Is it true then that, that she died? That I was her undoing? That I cannot confirm. She did not die here. But there have been many who said you did in fact end her. Tree, can you just maybe tell me a story? Uh, At House Evans, a servant will come running in breathless. I assume you're up in your room. She has not left her room. Someone will be running through the hallway breathless, and they'll stop and sort of pound on your door. She's going to not no. respond. Yeah, um, <laughs> She doesn't want the news. She knows. She's been crying, and she just doesn't want to see anybody right now. So, Yeah, you, you can hear them shouting down the hall when Jessica answers the door. The matron Varathy is dead. Jessica will say something really... Um, Colorful. Jessica. <laughs> 
which is like, oh, I hated that bitch. <laughs> and then close her door. And the servant, you can tell, like, has two beats of like, what the f- <laughs> Continues running down the hall to tell everyone. Silpha, at your house, uh, servants do not arrive spe- specifically, but your mother gets back in from an outing and she will say, Silpha, dear, um, were you in a fight with fairies today? I was at the Lady Miev's estate, mother. Okay, so you you didn't fight any fairies? It seemed like a far-fetched kind of story. I wish you could have seen her swallow. It was like, <laughs> gulp. <laughs> Anyway, someone in the market is spreading rumors that you fought off an army of fairies with your friends. Um, mother, it seemed you, ridiculous. You, yes, Mother, you know how ridiculous the gossip mill is. I was there on business for Lady Miev, and frankly, she likes to keep her business private. Ah. Did you know I heard Machen Verath passed away? I had heard so. You weren't there for that part, right? I was aware the matron Verathi is dead. The news is, is getting all over the place. I was I was chatting with Thalia when I went to the uh, apothecary shop today. Dear, yeah. you know, I would like to go with you next time you go to the apothecary shop. I feel like it's a good bonding moment for the two of us. Thalia is a sweetheart. She she is. I like her a lot. We talk We talk about plants and their magical properties. Oh, fascinating. Well... That's not what we talk about, but uh, <laughs> anyway, sweetheart, just so you know, there's another one of those nasty rumors floating around about you. You might want to spend more time in court. It gives you a chance to really dispel those kind of rumors. A letter arrives at Silpha's house just before dark. Your mother will kind of bring it up and hand it to you. Say, dear, this is for you. I think my protocol on all things is to just shut myself in my room for hours at a time. I retreat to my room where I uh, look at the note. Is it sealed? It is sealed. It has a house jewelry seal on it. I contemplate putting it aside and reading it at another time, but I open it up. All right, so you have a very nice letter, not from Thomas, but from the cousin you turned down in two sentences, thanking you for the wonderful time he had it goes on ad nauseum for like three paragraphs about how wonderful and magnanimous you were. And it ends with, I hope to see you soon, Stephen Drury. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very confused. I'm thoroughly confused because it's either a letter from Thomas signing Stephen's name because he doesn't want to get found out by his parents. Or Steven's writing a, a, a letter. Do roll me insight. Come on, dice. Oh! <laughs> no, she is just confused. It's a one. It's a one. Funny. <laughs> I, I pull out pen and paper. Dear Steven, I am certain you have me confused with someone else. <laughs> just sign with the letter of your first name. <laughs> Wrong number. <laughs> those, those ones on Insight, man, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my God. Well, 
Well, nothing's going on there. I'll never ask my dice for anything else again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So morning will roll around and basically around dawn, about 20 minutes into sunlight, early enough that anyone who would be arriving at this time would have taken some serious risk. A, A group arrives at House Evans. There is a person on horseback and four armed guards, and they come up to the door and knock, and I assume Jalen is totally unconscious. She is probably still asleep. If nobody got her up for training or some other bullshit, she'd be asleep. No, nobody got you up for training. Mm -hmm. Jessica will knock on your door, and then again louder. What? And then a third time even louder. What? Jalen, you have company. Get out here. She'll open the door, and she she looks like shit. <laughs> I mean, she looks like she was up crying all night because she was. So I think Jessica does not say like, "Are you okay?" Because even though that would be sisterly, she, she, that's she, not she, a Jessica she, thing. It's not a Jessica thing. She'll say like, "You look like shit." Thanks. Uh, yeah, your your boy squeeze is here. You might want to put on some clothes or Wait, something. Boy squeeze. Yeah, yeah, you know, what's his name? Lynn. Yeah. Lynn is here. Yeah, he is. He's downstairs. What is he doing study. here? She didn't tell me. She's going to slam the door in her face. (laughs) And then she's going to open the door and pull her in and slam it and be like, help me. (laughs) And that is it for our episode today. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson of My Pet Machine for our tunes and Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Find out next time if our heroes are lucky in love. Tune in again on Carrots and Suffering at the Indie Odyssey. Well, you should be. <laughs> He's kinky. <laughs> He's like, oh. She's like, she's a dumb. He must have me confused with somebody else who is actually nice to him. <laughs> Did he sign it, dear mistress? <laughs> Belittle me some more, please. <laughs> <laughs> Grind me under your heel. <laughs> The next time he comes by, he's going to have a violinist playing masochism tango. <laughs> do, 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 do.